You're tuned in to Fork Podcast. This week, we're talking to Hacks 180. Immersed in the hip-hop culture of the early 80s, he shares how he developed his passion and talent for graffiti and street art. In 82-83 was a, a big boom of, of hip-hop in general, the whole hip-hop culture, and um, uh, I originally got into the dancing back when my knees were a lot better than they are these days. <laughs> we're recording, man. So uh, I just want to welcome you here today, uh, Hands on Fork Podcast. Thank you so much. So it's Hands Hacks 180 Schmitter. That's the, that's, that's a me. long title, dude. It's hard. Uh, AKA yeah, well, Hacks most, 180. Most people will know me by one or the other. Yeah. What do you prefer to go by? Um... Well, we're 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 longtime friends, so you can call me Hans. It's fine. Hans, Hans, it is. Hans, it is. So only your your friends call you Hans. Yeah, well, it's 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 just kind of like how people meet you. Like if I meet somebody from the graffiti world, um, probably I'm going to get introduced as Hacks, and that's who I'm going to be to them. You know, and um, and and likewise, I might know them by whatever their name, or I might know them by their government name, or. Uh, and and just depends, I guess how yeah how you're introduced is and how you relate to each other. So if I'm to get the terminology correct, hacks 180 is your is your tag, right? That's right. Yeah. Is that how it all starts? You you start with a tag and you just tag yourself all around neighborhoods. Yeah, and then you... yeah. I guess I mean yeah. You need something to write. I mean you know a lot of people just start off writing whatever, and you know. Uh, most people probably go through a handful of names before they get one that fits and, and sticks with them for a long time. And then even even once you have a name, you have a, a lot of uh, graffiti writers will have other aliases. Um, you know, maybe just to just you get bored from writing the same letters all the time, so you might want to change it up. And um, or you know, you might have one name that you use when you're doing you know, stuff out in the public, legal stuff. And then you might have another name that you, that's your undercover alias. Yeah. You, know? you know what this, this, there's absolutely no problem for me in this podcast, jumping right into things. Cause I, my list of things I want to cover is so extensive because over the last couple of weeks, I started reading, doing a little research on graffiti art. And so I'm starting to get into the history. And uh -huh. I read about this dude, Cornbread, in Philadelphia, yeah. the origins of uh, graffiti, and then the counterculture movement of the whole thing. And and uh, the, that it started all in kind of deviant behavior, right? Countercultural behavior. And so if I take you back to your beginnings without getting you in trouble, obviously, yeah. is what were your beginnings in all this? Well, for me, um, and uh, I guess around, I'm thinking 82, 83, was a, a big boom of, of hip hop in general, the whole hip hop culture. And um, You know, so hip hop is the the DJing, the MCing, which is you know more commonly rap rapping, and uh, the dancing, the breaking, and then graffiti. So those are the four main elements of hip hop. And uh, I originally got into the dancing back when my knees were a lot better than they are <laughs> these days, and um, and so I wasn't a great dancer, but I was okay. I you know I grew up in a small town in Middlebury, Vermont. 
Dude, you've got the moves. I'm going to be clear. You have the moves. I, I'm going to post up a video of you, oh, Dansk. No. I hope your your manager, Miss <laughs> Ramirez, has that video. Yeah, here. she awesome. does, and I'm sure she'd be happy to share it. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I mean, I can uh, I can still wiggle a little bit. You just don't want to see me get down on the floor. I might never get back up. But so that's originally how I got into hip-hop, and then... So at, at that time, uh, well, first of all, it's, uh, you know, I, I grew up, like I said, in Middlebury, Vermont, which is a small town, and it's a long way away from uh, New York City, which where everything was coming out of. So we sort of had this, uh, you know, our own interpretation, bastardized interpretation about, you know, what they're doing. You see a movie, you read a book, and okay, cool, let's go do that, and um and so, uh, you know, the more books or whatever that I would see about hip hop, then I would learn about this graffiti. And I was already, you know, had been drawing since, I don't know, three or five years old. I, I have tons and tons of sketchbooks that my mom was kind enough to save, you know. Um, and of course, I wasn't writing graffiti all the time, but um, that was just interesting uh, to to be able to take the natural ability I had in art and then, and then bring that into some area of hip hop, which the, you know, as I said, I wasn't, I didn't have natural ability at dancing, but I tried more natural at the actual artwork, right? As you sort of um, gravitated towards graffiti, you found that that's where your talents were. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I mean, again, I'm in Vermont. It's, It's not like I'm looking around and seeing the subways pass by. I just, you know, have, whatever I've seen in books and I kind of like uh, translated it in my mind and made some weird version of, of what those guys were doing. And yeah, you know, in a town of 8,000, if you, you know, make a lot of graffiti noise, the police will find you rather quickly. <laughs> so, you know, I managed to uh, avoid most imperial entanglements <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, but mostly by not being most that, that yeah, exactly. Most I had, had a few problems, but but nothing nothing serious. Yeah, um, and then later on, um, that uh, interest brought me, you know, years and years later, in 1996, when I moved to New York City, and that's when I really really got into it. I mean, I, I didn't know you lived in New York City. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah, yeah. I lived in New York uh, for about twelve years, a little over twelve years, from '96 to, uh, yeah. Uh, oh man, that 2000, graffiti 2000, was like really going during that phase, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it depends who you talk to, which is the most important eras in in graffiti, and of course, everyone. Um, is you know the the original era and the when trains were going on in new york city that's the you know that's the you know as you said like cornbread from philadelphia like even predates uh some of the you know stuff that was going on um a lot of the stuff that was going on in later in the new york city subway system but um but that's kind of the where where it took off from and then you know so that all of that was going on the same um era the early 80s the late 70s which was the takeoff of all the all the other elements of hip-hop as well yeah what was fueling you in those days like what what brought you into that movement where you were practicing your your art and was it really motivated by 
counterculture? Were there things going on around you that you were trying to express through your art? Or were you just being a young guy expressing yourself? I think probably just being a young guy. And I was like, that's cool. That's what I want to do, you know, and, and, um, yeah, I think sometimes the story gets twisted afterwards, you know, like you, you're, you're really just acting out and enjoying yourself and painting things and trying to one up other people. And right. And, you know, it's like the week before I was playing basketball and I was totally into basketball and then, oh, this is something. Let me, and then I'm that type of person when I get into something, I get into it. Yeah. Were you, while you paint now, do you think that you're, your reasons are a lot more clear or is it still very much the same thing? You're just really good at it. You enjoy it. It's yeah, no, it's, it's more clear in that. I think it's more clear now. I think I really, you know, I'm pushing on 50 years old right now. And I think that, uh, that my focus and my, my love of it is bigger than it ever was. Like when I was living in New York, when I was right in the middle of all of that, focus and energy and just love in general passion for it um uh and and my own kind of i don't know place in in graffiti i feel like comfortable with with the style that i'm painting i think you know as you as you come into it you're always like you don't know what you're doing so you copy some other guy and then maybe you know you were he has this arrow, you bend it and it becomes that arrow or, or whatever. But I think, you know, most people, at least I know for myself and, and some people are, I guess you have different um, evolutions of your style. Yeah, yeah. So in the early 2000s, I was painting a certain way and, you know, um, and then in the late 90s, a different way. And, and, yeah. and so, uh, but like right now, I think it's like the first time where I feel like, Wow, that you know what I'm doing now is mine, and I don't. Know, I mean, you know, not that nobody has a similar style, but this is clearly something different. From you can see my piece, and you don't even have to be able to read it. As long as you're familiar with my work, you're going to know it as soon as you see it. Oh, absolutely, as, as mine. Yeah. You know that I can't say for other artists, but now I think if I saw a piece of your work, I would spot it uh-huh. because knowing this podcast was coming, I was stalking your Instagram and I'm looking at, I mean, I always did, you know, I've been a fan for, yeah, for sure. quite some time and I've really familiarized myself with your work and I would recognize it in a second. And you're, you're right. You have your own, your, your tag and you have your own style about it. Mm-hmm. And I like what you just said as an evolution. It's like when you start, when you're young, you're, you're just doing it for your own reasons. Maybe you're doing it to be deviant. Maybe you're doing it because you're just good at it. You know, if a a young kid isn't great in school, but they're a great artist and they don't know how to express themselves, maybe they go out and paint the side of a freeway, you know, like, but as you get older, so the artist in you, the 50 year old, you've learned the trade and now it seems to get layered with philosophy right now perhaps you express yourself better through your artwork Mm -hmm. would you say that um like what's going on in the world right now do you do you paint about current affairs do you paint a do you still have a counter-cultural sort of theme to your work um not so much but um occasionally Mm -hmm. um and and you know Sometimes I get involved with some somebody else, and we have an idea to work to something together. Um, 
you know, uh, my fiance is from Venezuela. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I, you know, I'm probably more aware than some North Americans are about the troubles in Venezuela and, um, and, uh, the good president Maduro, yeah, yeah. and so a couple of years ago we did a, a really nice piece. I have a friend I that's that, really yeah. good at uh, characters. That's uh, my friend Nemo. He's really nice with characters, and so we had him paint a, a, a caricature of Maduro, and then then um, then uh, we just painted our names. Uh, I did with uh, my my other painting partner Anger, who also happens to be my fiance. Um, we did pieces with the Venezuelan flag colors in that. Does she paint? Um, you know, occasionally. She's doing this undercover because I haven't really seen her, like, really put her stuff out there. Yeah, well, there's, there's, we've, I don't know, we've done a handful of, wow. of pieces together, you know, and um, generally, I guess I'm doing a lot of the work and the detail right. stuff, but she's, she's helping out, you know, and, and, uh, and she's a, you know, she's a big help and supporter. Yeah. I see her very present, yeah. very present in yeah, your absolutely. life and in your work. Yeah. She's like, I say, she's your manager now. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. She like really yeah. makes sure your stuff gets out there <laughs> and we all see it. And she's like, you're, Oh, I think it's beautiful, man. Like, she's your number one fan. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You talked about Venezuela and in the, some of the research I was doing, a Latin America, like we were just talking about Brazil, mm. there's some incredible pieces of work that come out of these yeah, people. Well, so don't come out of them. They, they obviously stay there because it's graffiti. Right. But um, what do you think? What do you think increases the level of talent in regions? Is it the the need to express yourself in this? I mean, in places like that, I would imagine it's on more on the illegal side of the expression. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I was in um, Rio. That would have been about what 2010, 2000. Yeah, I think 2010. I was I was in Rio for a couple of weeks, and that was a really great a graffiti experience. Just in that, and I didn't I'm trying to think. Did I? No, I just I didn't I didn't paint. I might have caught the occasional tag or whatever here and there, but I, but I didn't paint any pieces. I didn't know anybody there. And I wasn't, wasn't really in the front of my mind at that point, you know, uh, throughout, throughout my career, I guess. So there's been times where I painted more or less. And that time I think I wasn't painting that much, but the trip there was pretty influential. Um, in the next phase of, of my life and sort of like a, a re, I don't know, re-emergence, or mm -hmm. if that's the right word. But um, but Brazil was really, uh, well, Rio, because I didn't go anywhere else in Brazil, uh, was really interesting because they had super talented artists. And in New York, and I'm sure it's different, you know, it is different now. I've, um, I don't live there, of course, I visit mm -hmm. whenever I can. But the whole graffiti world has changed since then, but... Because of the street art, and so, you right. know, you can get into some debate about what's the difference and all that. But in general, graffiti, you know, is originally, you know, near letter-based, your name-based name uh, artwork. And, of course, there's always people who are, who are letter-based writers or graffiti writers that I would consider hardcore graffiti writers that also do characters. But when I went to Brazil, it was the first time that I really saw people just doing wild stuff that didn't have anything to do with letters, but was a 
amazing. And I thought, wow, you know, because in, in New York, uh, in the in really in the real graffiti culture, people might like look at you a certain way, uh, like, oh, you're not really you're not really down with graffiti if you're doing this corny stuff or whatever it is. And in some case, I still feel that way. Like, I mean, there's, there's, uh, when people talk about the difference between graffiti and street arts, I, I would say like, you know, every graffiti writer, uh, is a street artist because mm -hmm. they're doing art in the street. Uh, but every street artist is not a graffiti writer. Mm. And, um, you know, the, where the where the line is drawn is, is there's toys, right? A, is, that, <laughs> is that our term? Are we referring to toys? Well, now? you know, there's some people who are good at what they do as as street artists, incredible artists, but they're um, and a toy is generally someone who just doesn't know what they're you know what they're doing. Uh, but so there's certainly there's a lot of graffiti writers that are toys and a lot of uh, street artists who I would consider toys as well. But there's a lot of street artists that do amazing work. It's just not graffiti. Yeah. You know, to I just to interrupt for a second. I guess a toy can also force one to be ready to accept that something that's really good could be wiped away really fast by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's the um, part of, part of the, I the interesting thing about graffiti, and it's not necessarily a bad part about it, is that, you know, you put something out in the street and whatever happens to it after the moment you walk away uh, is, you know, it can, yeah, it can be wiped out the next day. It can be... Uh, Would that be what pushes graffiti to higher levels or harder to reach places? That the artist is willing to take greater risks to get their stuff out there well yeah i mean if you see these guys i'm not much of a climber myself yeah. well you are pressing <laughs> pushing 50 <laughs> exactly but it's never been i'm not i'm not uh crazy about heights although yeah i've, I've done some pretty big i've murals. seen you pretty high up. yeah and i'm not too happy when i'm up there i'm always a little bit oh boy you know a little, little nervous but um but yeah sure if you if you go high you know the chances of someone going over you is is slim, but of course, also one of the other things is if you're high, then you could be seen from farther away too. So, um, you know, it's uh, the the spots where you uh, where you go to and and how long it lasts. Of course, you want your things to last a long time, but uh, and yeah, and there's you know there's different personalities in graffiti, just as there is in every other part of life. There's people I remember. Um, you know, when I was in New York, there was guys that I swear the only reason that they were into graffiti was just a, a good excuse to be able to find a fight. Because you can always find a fight if you if you take it personal that someone goes over your stuff. You know, there's always going to be somebody going over your stuff, just the nature of the game. And so if the, if you choose to make that a, a issue uh, worth fighting over then you can find a fight and there's and there's people yeah i swear they were just into it for the fight the beef right yeah. you guys call it the street it, name is the beef right yeah, exactly so they 
Yeah, I definitely got that impression that there was this, there, there was different layers in the culture, that mm-hmm. there were people who were just really, it was more like gang mentality that they want to get out there and just piss people off. And, yeah, and I mean, you know, it's a big part of it is just, you know, destruction. You know, you get out and, and you know, when you're young and, and you know, the, the whole culture started by children, basically, you know. How's that? How's well, you know, in in the seventies and eighties, when when you were uh, when the New York City uh, graffiti culture was really burning hot, was um, you know fourteen, fifteen year old, twelve, whatever kids were just running wild back in those days, and you know the city didn't have money. Uh, you know, for any programs for kids. So kids were just finding whatever, um, you know, whatever way they could to express themselves. And, and one of those ways was, was, uh, go steal some paint and, and run, run wild in the train yard when they, you know, they didn't even hardly have fences around. So, so kids were, were doing it. And a lot of people at that time, they would, uh, you know, they would not continue their, they, they would not conf- continue their graffiti career once they got old enough to, you know, do proper yeah, jail yeah. time, you know, because yeah. you're 14 years old. The most they're going to do is maybe the cops going to slap you around a little bit and spray some paint in your face, send oh, you yeah. on your way home. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of guys who, who got that treatment. And then, you know, and if they did take you in, then, you know, you're probably going to spend the weekend um, scrubbing subway station or something like that where you're going to meet. 10 other guys that are also graffiti writers. And then right after you get out of your uh, uh, work service or whatever, then you're going to go get together and go paint something. Wow. So, so yeah, that, that's how it kind of uh, started as children, you know, children, um, you know, and probably people going, you know, past their teens, of course, you know, um, and, and there's always been people who weren't children, you know, that continued doing it. But for the most part, in those early days, it was kids that was doing it. The whole hip hop culture was all kids, you know. Yeah. And now we've just, we're just a generation of of people who grew up in that culture and some of us didn't want to leave and some of us don't want to grow up. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really taken back. Honestly, you you know I'm a huge fan. Like, there's no doubt. I, yeah, I love the idea that, you know, you're, and by the way, though, that your t-shirts are awesome. Give those t-shirts a shout out. Can people, can we get those? Um, well, these t-shirts, the one that I'm wearing now is something that I designed for the Under Pressure Festival, which is a big festival that they hold every year here in Montreal, usually in the mid-August. So this is a shirt that I designed for the festival. Um, I'm not sure if you can get the shirts online okay. um, through their website, which would be underpressure.ca. Um, but I'm not sure if they sell them online. Um but in any case, come to the festival next year, and for sure they're going to be selling these, and then the new ones, and then the old ones. And I've designed a couple over the years, over the last few years, yeah, since living here. So that's all part of what I find that I'm very impressed with you at. That one, you grew up in this this great culture of expression and graffiti. You're you and I are. I'm just a tiny, like a year or two older than you, and I'm a fellow like guy who doesn't want to grow up either. (laughs) I'm much more comfortable around younger people. Mm -hmm. I love to just like under down dress. I don't like wearing ties. (laughs) Like I, I just like, I, and everything about you is something that I admire. And now if 
on that subject, if we look at, say, the evolution of your work and now you're a near 50-year-old, did you say you are 50 or you're... you're in February, I'll okay, be 50. In yeah. February, you'll be 50. You obviously have a better understanding for what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And do you think that as you get older you lose certain ways of expressing yourself because you know that if we overexpress ourselves and sometimes we're too honest and we have censorship and there's all kinds of things that are involved in our life as we get older that we understand that it's not no longer really only about us we have a greater responsibility and sometimes we have to hold ourselves back in certain ways if we want to get part of our message out or maybe 90% of our message and we hold back 10% because we know if we add that 10%, the level of offensiveness or the, 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 the negative repercussions of that aren't worth doing. And it's better to just get that 90% out. So are we always living in art? Are you always living with a certain amount of understanding of, uh, censorship or holding back just enough and not fully expressing Hmm. i don't i mean i guess that certainly could be the case i mean being that my artwork is not like super political or i think you know whenever i feel the need to say something uh political or might be disturbing then I think I feel for pretty free to say it. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, but uh, you know other other artists who might be like say like a gallery artist, you know, that's really making a lot of money in a gallery, then they might not want to you know cross a certain line. And uh, maybe if I was a more successful gallery artist, I might have that concern. But it but, could be the opposite too. The more successful you are, the more you can push the uh, yeah. Status no, I, th- quo. I think I think that's true. For for sure. I mean, once you've crossed the limit and, and, you know, people are always, you have that name that people are always going to come to you, then you, then no one, no one's going to be able to stop you at that point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is like the piece that you, have you done anything recently that you find is a, the, a great expression of yourself? Since, like I said, I'm kind of really in a groove with my, with my personal style right now. What I'm interested in is painting that style. And that's, that has to do with letters. I'm constantly trying to do my best at that what about that baby wearing the gas mask okay so <laughs> okay, wait what hold on right, that yeah, just popped that, out that, at me I, what, I what's had, that all about i was thinking about that yeah so <laughs> that was in the under pressure festival that we were just speaking about and uh, a couple of artists who had met before that had participated in the event before they were from uh, new caledonia so way on the other side of the planet and um they were coming to paint, uh, that's QB uh, and Yexo were my partners in crime on that one. Or It's not, a huge not, piece, man. Yeah, it's a, a big, big mural that's right off of uh, St. Catherine, uh, not, not too far, a little bit uh, east of uh, San Laurent. Um, and um, those, so those guys came from New Caledonia, and they actually were the ones that had the idea for the theme of the piece, um, which is political. So it's a, it's a baby wearing a gas mask and sort of playing with like a little plastic shovel like you see on the beach or whatever. And, and then in front um, is a, a traditional sort of uh, home, uh, like a hut, I guess mm-hmm. you would say, uh, from New Caledonia. Um, and the the baby is is sitting on top of this uh, uh, 
Greenland um, nickel. The metal nickel is mm. a is a is they're rich in nickel in New Caledonia, and so obviously it's being mined, and the process of of their mining it is basically in destroying their environment, you know, in their whole ecosystem, really? and so that's the point of the baby wearing the gas mask. Like you keep doing what you're doing, you know, this is what you get. You're gonna get your kid on on a beach. With wearing a gas mask just so he can go outside to play, and um, and then the um, the the roof of the hut is has been removed, and from out uh, from inside of the, of the hut is flying out all these uh, butterflies, and so the uh, the uh, theme of the wall is the butterfly effect. You know the you know that you your action is you know causing you know waves of of reactions all around the world and you know it's great it's great to i love painting i love painting my name and i like that people can appreciate that but it's also great to be able to have that that um platform to be able to to say something you know and now in the case of like this under pressure festival festival where you have like a couple days two three days whatever to paint and you have access to scissor lifts and then you know big murals that are happening now um, then you have a greater chance to express yourself in some way and and yes like when like when these guys came to me with that idea you know they said you know what do you think about this idea and we can change it if you're not into it it's just the three of us on the wall so uh, you know, they didn't want to just force me to do something that meant something to me. And I thought, that's great. I love it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I painted my letters at the top yeah. and yeah. helped, you know, I, and I helped out um, filling in things here and there. But QB uh, and Yexo, who are more specialists in, in character drawing and things like that, um, they were working on the the parts of the, or at least the details of the parts of the piece that were the more meaningful parts you know mine's my my name's in the background is a beautiful accent to the message of the of the piece so i would say yes i have that desire and but maybe i don't get have the time to do that or maybe my focus is just not there all the time yeah yeah mm -hmm. you're doing some work in las vegas right now right uh, i just finished up a project um in las vegas with uh, a shop is a is a group here from montreal that's uh, with the biggest uh, graffiti based mural company in in i don't know probably in canada i guess um, but, uh, so they had a job and I got hired by them to go with, uh, like, uh, 12 artists out to Las Vegas and, uh, it's kind of semi top secret exactly what it was, but yeah. in any case, it was in one of the big casinos out there. Um, and, uh, we got to work on this. It was a really great project because basically what they wanted is an environment to look like a, a city, you know, that's been really just blown to hell with graffiti oh and so we got to do whatever we wanted which was i mean you never get that kind of job you know people want you to paint a nice picture of an old lady or <laughs> something like this this they were just like yeah just get wild whatever and you know i mean of course you had some restrictions for sure, for sure yeah but uh but for the most part it was it, and it it was just like well any other saturday you'd find the, the tw these 12 guys doing the same thing for free um, and even coming out of their own pocket for the paint, and here we wow. are getting paid for it and flown out to Las Vegas. So yeah, when's that being unveiled? Is that? Um, I think the official kind of opening of the whole 
area uh, is going to be in mid-November, is, is what I heard. Okay, so we'll look forward to seeing that on your social media, on yeah, your Instagram. Abs- absolutely. Which you promised to uh, be more uh, <laughs> on top of. Yeah, a little more diligent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, my, uh, my uh, manager slash fiance will, <laughs> will be all over me. So, That's yeah. it, man. Well, listen... Hacks 180, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming in here today and sharing all this with me uh, and and our listeners. Awesome experience, man. Well, thanks a lot for having me. I'm a big fan of the show. I listen all the time, so it's great, great to join you today. All right, dude. So listen, you have an awesome day. Keep painting. And as I understand, you're heading right out to Vermont after this. Yeah, I have a little job uh, down in Vermont um, for the next two evenings. I think I'll be painting uh, on this and yeah. And while you're down there, just go tag your old neighborhood. Maybe a little something. (laughs) All right. You guys all have an awesome day out there as well. All right. Take care, my man. Thanks, man.